0: Fun Belt Podcast, Dusty Thibodeau with Warhawk Report, Jeremy Harper of Howl Razor coming soon, Shane Metland of the Daily News Record. It's almost championship season, but right now we have championship action going on with women's soccer kicking off on Monday. And, Jeremy, there was already a huge upset. Marshall over App State, 2-1. to Georgia State, Downs, Southern Miss, 1-0.
1: We have the opening round over with. Yeah, you know, and uh, some of those programs, you know, we were talking earlier offline about Marshall. Marshall pretty much known for their men's soccer program, their women's soccer program, perhaps not as prolific, but gets the W over App State, who, who I believe, if, if I was paying attention correctly, and I think I was, I believe Atlassian State was coming at the end of the season pretty hot. So that's a big win for Marshall.
0: It's a big win. Anytime you're, you're a 10 seed and you advance beyond that first round game, they'll play again on Wednesday against number two, South Alabama, your Red Wolves get former show guest (laughs) coach Hines and her old dominion monarchs.
1: Yeah. I wasn't wild when I saw that, Uh, you know, me being a citizen of Arkansas state, always rooting for the Red Wolves, seeing that the, my, uh, uh, red wolves would open against old Dominion which i know just plays excellent soccer had a down year this year dusty did not win the sun Belt outright in the regular season but uh, and uh, and arkansas state did end up beating odu earlier in the year uh so it should be a good match but it's going to be a tough match it's like uh when you have to face a team with such a great reputation and such a storied history for excellence it's it's going to be a a tough one for Arkansas state, but I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I might, I, I'm going to have to fire that up on ESPN three.
0: Always starts off at 11 o'clock and runs through six thirty on Wednesday, grinding through to the Sunday championship on ESPN plus one o'clock. I still like the Bobcats. I, you can never count out the Bobcats, but we'll have to see what happens in the good old Georgia hate as Georgia Southern, Georgia State play at four
1: o'clock, a one-eight matchup. Yeah, that'll be a good matchup. But you were talking about the Bobcats. Bobcats have given up a lot of goals lately, and and I'm not really in tune with the everyday goings on for uh, for for soccer. But I don't know. I don't know if there's an injury bug going on with Texas State at the goalie position or not. But yeah, Texas State kind of fell apart at the end.
0: In addition to that, we're getting ready for basketball. Basketball tips off with exhibition games tonight on Tuesday night. A lot of teams beginning their exhibition schedule tomorrow on Wednesday before the season starts next Monday, Jeremy. Really a disappointing start to the season with only two real games going on. (laughs) ULM traveling to Texas A&M to open up their season on Monday night in College Station. The defending Sunbelt champion, Texas State, headed to Washington State for Pullman-Washington Pac-12 Network game,
1: 6:30. Yeah, those should be exciting games for some people, I imagine. But uh, I do know that I know it's basketball season. I'm very well aware, Dusty, that basketball season has come because I attended a Arkansas State press conference for the basketball team, head coach Mike Bellotto, was in attendance to give us sort of an update on the team, and where he thought the how the how he thought the team was going to play and which players he thought were going to make an impact. It was kind of nice to get back into the swing of those things. Uh, maybe take a little break from football. You you and I, Dusty, know how much of a grind this football year has been. It's been rough. It's kind of nice to have basketball come in and give us a little bit of diversion. For a few, you know, for a few solid weeks before it takes takes center stage.
0: It's just been another year of football grind. But you know, th- did, did Mike Bolado address <laughs> Norchad Omir <O'Meara> again?
1: <laughs> you know, you, you gotta you gotta walk on tiptoes around Mike Bolado when you talk about Norchad O'Meara because uh, he he was pretty upset with how things went went down with that. But he acknowledged, you know, we, we don't have Norchad O'Meara anymore. He was the, our, the best player for Arkansas State, you know, underneath the basket. So now he's talking more like, well, we'll probably have to replace his production with sort of a committee of players, which there's really no committee of players that can take the place of Norchad Chad who's supposed to be starting for Miami this year. I guess we'll see how things work out for Mr. O'Meara in Miami. Wish him the best of luck. I, 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 I was talking to our good friend, Kara Ritchie, on the internet today, talking about how how I would have looked forward to this basketball season a lot more had North Chad O'Meara made good on his promise and come back to Arkansas State. But, hey, you, you know, you, you get what you can get. Uh, we've got some new players on the team that are very interesting. I'm going to put together a write-up before uh, uh, Arkansas State's uh, exhibition game, which is with Voorhees. I know nothing about Voorhees. As far as I know, it's a school for mass murderers. But uh, Arkansas State will be welcoming in Voorhees tomorrow night, seven o'clock exhibition game. Admission is free. So if you're in the Jonesboro area, just come on by uh, uh, First National Bank Arena, and you can watch the exhibition game.
0: Yeah, I don't think playing Voorhees College, although <laughs> if they did come out in mask, that would be fantastic. I think that would definitely add to the, the flavor of the exhibition game.
1: Shouldn't they be like the Voorhees machetes or the. Vor- <laughs> just, just, should they really be, uh, I don't know, really be glamming up with that? Shouldn't they really embrace that and and, and make it their thing? But I, or maybe they're just like, maybe they, they just pretend not to know what, what you're talking about when you're like, Oh yeah, you're Like Jason Voorhees. And, and they're like, we don't. What we don't get it. What are you talking? You think you think they're more like that?
0: Yeah, they probably don't get the reference. <laughs> they even though they are on the the shores of Lake Crystal, I, I doubt that they get the reference.
1: <laughs> so, who does ULM do? They have an exhibition game coming up?
0: No ULM, exhibition. ULM, game. The Warhawks, what none? They they none. Don't, they don't need exhibition games, they jump straight into the mix of it going to Texas A&M.
1: Yeah, you know what, I, 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 I kind of, I'm of two minds about that, Dusty. One is there's nothing that brings you down more than when you have an exhibition game and somebody, and you lose it or you, you get a guy who's injured for the year because of it. That's happened at Arkansas State. So, but it's also good just to see if, if you can just get a, a, an opponent, you can just pound and you've got your guys like doing windmill dunks and behind the back passes. So you, you, you kind of want to see that in an exhibition game. It, it's a little tough to not n- just go into the season cold, like I guess ULM is going to do against Texas A&M. That's going to be a solid, uh, a solid look at what ULM is going to bring to the table.
0: I don't know if that's really a true glimpse of, of what we can expect, but I definitely think that it's – it's a game that you know you got to go to, you got to make the money, you got to have your solid appearance there on the SEC network.
1: Yeah, but you know, knowing Coach Rashard, he's gonna have a, a crafty game plan for the Aggies. He's not gonna be like, oh, I'm here for the paycheck. He's gonna want to win that game.
0: And he's got Nika back. So I mean, when you get Nika Metzcavili
1: back, <laughs> nice, yeah.
0: The Georgian wonder, you know that it's gonna be a solid game. I'm anxious to see because preseason poll ULM picked 14th with 30 yeah. points. The next closest Southern miss at 34 for the 13th place. There's no expectations going into the season. And, and I kind of like that because there's not that hype. There's not the pressure. Like if, if you were coach Bob Marlin in Louisiana, number one, there's all the pressure in the world with the best player in the conference of Jordan Brown that you Absolutely. have to come out of the gates. And and really start rocking it. I mean, oh, they, they they open up with D3 area. So, I mean, they're definitely gonna kick off the season one and oh. Uh-huh.
1: You know that you're absolutely right on that. And especially for guys like us, Dusty, who whose football teams are suffering. <laughs> so you can have a basketball team that you can check in on and enjoy who they play. And when they lose, you're like, oh, that's too bad. I really want them to win but it doesn't devastate you because the expectations are so low. So when they do win or they get on a win streak, it feels really good. And I, I, I'm kind of wanting to address the Red Wolf season that way. I it, Like like every year, you know, you look at the roster of players and you start building them up in your mind, right? You're like, oh, wow, well, this guy, he's he's actually a little underrated. And oh, this guy's coming back from injury. He's going to be really good. And you know what? I think our three-point shooting, it's going to be a lot better than it was last year. And all of a sudden, in your mind, man, you're competing, right? I don't know if I feel that way this year.
0: I definitely look around the Sunbelt Conference, and I see some some big wins that the conference can have. I think the first real test is going to be the the, the smart week, the smart game day, as we'll call it. November 11th, Southern Miss travels to Vandy, and the Raging Cajuns take on Harvard in a tournament in Asheville, North Carolina. <laughs>
1: Oh, that is the smart week. Yeah. That's going to be pretty good. Huh? Hey, who else does ULM have? That's sort of a big marquee name game. Is it just Texas A&M?
0: They travel to uh, TCU later in the year, they'll play Louisiana tech um, as a, as a big uh, I 20 rivalry game. But for the most part, you know, in the words of Jay Walker, the, the home schedule just sucks.
1: I don't think there is a single Sunbelt program that the fans like the schedule. There's not like one group of fans that are like, wow, that's just a great schedule. I can't wait to look at that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's crazy because, I mean, there's some good games, none of which are really happening at home. I mean, Kennesaw State goes to App State. That's kind of a good uh, mid-major matchup there. You have uh, South Carolina Upstate playing uh, Coastal Carolina, another good mid-major. Campbell, the the killer camels there going to App State (laughs) as well. Georgia State hosting Crosstown School, Georgia Tech. But there's just not really that wow factor on the schedule. Texas State doesn't seem to want to play in the state of Texas. Everything's on the West Coast as they go to Washington State. I believe they're playing at San Jose State and then California later on.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know the Red Wolves. We we end up playing a lot of swack. You know, we play like teams like Mississippi Valley State, the Devils. Yeah, yeah, we got Lion this year. Really, our like our our marquee game that's not within the Sun Belt is LSU, whom we open with on the twelfth. So, or not open with well, our actually our opening game. The Red Wolves' opening game is with Harding, which I don't even think counts on the uh, on the net. In the uh, it, I don't think it factors in.
0: Non D one doesn't factor.
1: Yeah, but you know, our, uh, Blotto was kind of excited that Arkansas State was getting 18 home games this year, which I believe is a record number of home games for Arkansas State. So uh, there's that. If you want to watch like, oh, you know, UC Davis, isn't that a fairly good mid-major?
0: Uh, no, not in basketball. How about UT Martin? Some years.
1: Yeah, yeah, Prairie View. So, oh, you know, Air Force. Air Force last year was supposed to be Arkansas State's, one of Arkansas State's uh, kind of marquee peer conference schools. And then our Air Force turned out to be pretty bad. We Arkansas State beat Air Force, but it wasn't
0: like a marquee win by any stretch of the imagination. But so, do yeah. you play Champion Christian, the school formerly known as Champion Baptist, that I believe <laughs> several years ago lost by 125 points to a school?
1: No, we do not have them on the, on the list. We do have Alabama State, but uh, no, no. Yeah, I think we have maybe three SWAC schools. So, all right. So, you know what? You're kind of in tune with basketball, a little bit more than I am, Dusty. Before we head and talk about, you know, last week's football action and the next week's football action, who, who are your top three teams, do you think, going in for basketball this season? We'll, we'll have a big basketball show coming up. But just a taste. Who are the top three teams we need to look out for this year?
0: I think the big teams for me, I mean, hell to the chief. Coach TJ at Texas state. He's the King until he falls back to back championships. He's yeah. kind of got the, the pieces in place with Mason Harrell returning to yeah. try to make that run again.
1: Well, lost Asbury.
0: I mean, the raging cage is there with Jordan Brown that they, they got it going on. I mean, made it to the conference finals last year and fell just short in the tournament to Georgia State.
1: Seemed to really struggle last year though. So I, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe they get rid of those those early season jitters and, and and are strong from start to finish.
0: But got hot at the right time. I think and yeah, I, they, I think that's key with everything. Mm-hmm. And then I, I think even with a new coaching staff, a new roster. You can't count out Georgia State. I, I I don't know what's in the water there. Maybe they they took some of the creek water there from Statesboro. But for basketball, you can never count out the Panthers, especially with a new arena. I think that they're they're going to do everything they can to try to have that crazy home field advantage or home court advantage, especially hosting uh, Georgia Tech.
1: Yeah, you know, I think we always expect Georgia State to be in that top tier simply because they, they, they play such a premium on basketball at Georgia State. So you always you always kind of think that they're going to be, do very well. And, and, some, and they were disappointing last year. They were the biggest disappointment of the season. Do you during see the regular like, season. Yeah, during the regular season. like Just kind of like uh, Louisiana, They they sort of bucked up. Do you see any of the newbies kind of like I? We know our 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 buddy Shane, Shane Metland, very high on James Madison this year.
0: James Madison picked third in Lindy's preseason, with Vado Morris being kind of their marquee player and go-to guy. To kill Morrison being the other guy to uh, really shine at least in the preseason eyes. I think you got to go with James Madison. If I had to pick a dark horse, though, I'm, I'm still sticking with Troy and, and Coach Scott Cross of what he can do down there. Uh, I was and, thinking in,
1: the same thing
0: in Lower Alabama. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the the preseason publications are big on South Alabama with Coach Richie reloading. I, I, was, I I'm not buying into the jag, the jaggy wires anymore. I'm I'm team <laughs> Team Troy.
1: Yeah. All right. Let's you and I make a pact right now, Dusty. Let us not get sucked into, I don't know, or beguiled by what we see in South Alabama. No more getting on the sorry, South Alabama train.
0: We're done. Sorry, JT, but uh, no jaggy
1: <laughs> Now, this is the year when they totally dominate.
0: But... Oh, yeah. They'll go coast to coast <laughs> and we'll still sit here going, nope, not picking them. Not no, yeah, me. I can't put my money on them.
1: <laughs> All right. So, that's kind of our mini basketball show i guess we'll go ahead surely dusty we'll have a show
0: right we always have a show every week
1: no no but we'll have a basketball show a centric basketball centric show right
0: sure why not
1: <laughs> hey let's recap this football week why don't we do that
0: yeah warhawks uh didn't take an l they took a bye and uh <laughs> we, we are grateful for that
1: there were a lot of teams on bye in week nine. And that was probably good. I think a lot of people needed to rest, recharge. I know James Madison needed the rest. I know uh a couple other of the teams. Who else? Troy needed the rest. There there were there were some teams that really needed to like take a breather.
0: The big what? thing to me that I like looking at the standings for.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: There's only one team so far. Mm-hmm that will not be bowl eligible this season. And that is your Red Wolves, unfortunately. Warhawks sitting at 2-6, and six, playing Texas State this week. They could join those ranks. Mm-hmm. But it's good to be this late in the year, and everybody still is, is kind of on the board.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I actually got a little more pessimistic when I was putting together my uh, Week 10 analysis. I've isolated four teams that are pretty much out of everything. One of them is your Warhawks, I'm sorry. Arkansas State, out of everything. I feel like Texas State really doesn't have much of a shot. And I feel like Marshall is gone. To me, that leaves 10 teams with, realistically, something to play for. What do you think of that analysis?
0: Texas State, they're desperate. <laughs> and I mean that with all my, all my love. For oh, the course. good old Boobcats. Hell yeah. Three wins and they're dancing spavs back for another year. We're all happy. We're all singing Kumbaya. We're all jumping in, in, into the river and, and floating to paradise. But when you're scheduled uh-huh. for the rest of the year is a trip to ULM, yeah. A trip to South, mm. and then you host Arkansas State and the Cajuns. <laughs> I only see three possible wins in there. Yeah, so you better make damn sure that you're at you. You're bringing your A game, your B game, and your C game each and every week.
1: Yeah, you would think that's about all would would recognize the enormity of that moment and bring that A game. But we'll see. But before we talk about the future, I want to talk a little bit about the past. What did you think of that Coastal-Marshall game? Coastal wins 24-13. They put up 21 points in the first quarter. It looks like it's going to be a blowout. And then they'll get any more points until the fourth when they kick a field goal. It, is it just Coastal's way to just sort of win by the bare minimum just just kind of do the least amount of effort, pick up the W and move on. Is there some sort of, of, of rope-a-dope I'm looking at here?
0: I mean, if you look at their their games, that was by no means the widest margin game. It was at Georgia <laughs> State where yeah. both teams sucked in the first half and it was all second half. I feel like the shots just coast and no pun intended coast along and do whatever they got to do to win. And I mean, tip of the cap to them that they're getting the wins, but there's nothing that's really just sticking out and, and really putting them over the top. They, they win the game and that's it.
1: Seven and one, four and one in conference. Just somehow coming up with these wins, you know, and the college football playoff uh, top 25 came out didn't see Coastal Carolina there, didn't see Troy, you know, but still the Coastal Carolina, <laughs> you, you, you got to, I mean, you got to give them credit for, for having the, the W, which is the ultimate statistic. But man, it is so hard to foresee these guys as, you know, being the conference champion in just that the way that, that sort of lackadaisical way they seem to play. I mean, three points in three quarters, that's just crazy against Marshall.
0: You got to wonder also with all the, the coaching carousel spinning at full force right now, if Jamie Chadwell isn't kind mm. of taking a peek around college football to see if there's any jobs out there that maybe he wants in the, the, the post-Grayson McCall error and the post-Till error.
1: You know what? And and there's a lot of good openings. I mean, right now, it's kind of funny. Uh, the Auburn money is on uh, Coach Hugh Freeze from Liberty. He just signed a five million dollar contract. So that'll be interesting. And uh, Lane Kiffin out of Ole Miss. Is Jamie Chadwell in that conversation? I wonder.
0: I think he's got to be, but uh, you got to take a step back and, and ask yourself if you want to be in a place that's such a shit show that you only get a year and a half <laughs> to try to win, and then you just get ousted. And, and really, they the boosters tried to oust him over the summer, so he I wouldn't know. even had the half year.
1: I mean, it is it is probably one of the most uncomfortable places to coach, and, and people are like, "Oh yeah, you freeze He would jump at that chance. I'm like. Listen, he's at Liberty right now. He's making $5 million a year, and if he has an off year, no one's going to be checking his phone records at Liberty. They're just going to say, hey, go out, coach, have a better year next year. <laughs> and Auburn, man, you have one bad game, and all of a sudden they're looking to, to, to throw you out on your ass. So, I, 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 yeah, I don't know who wants that Auburn job. I feel like Jamie Chadwell, though, if he wins the Sun Belt, He's got to go, right? I'm not necessarily to Auburn, but to somewhere, right? He can't without McCall. I mean, does does Coastal Carolina continue to to play well? I don't know.
0: And, and that is definitely the the multi million dollar question there. Of, of <laughs> what do the shots of like in the post Grayson McCall era, and and knowing that that is a huge question, does Chadwell take that leap to go to Georgia Tech, to go to Auburn, to go to uh, Arizona state or, or any of the other schools that are out there right now with current openings. I think, I think he does make the leap. If nothing else for the paycheck.
1: Speaking of taking a leap, not quite the same kind of leap as Jamie Chadwell might be doing from coastal Carolina, but Southern miss has now won three conference games in a row. Dusty Thibodeau, they find themselves right behind Troy, in South Bama in the standings and they just completely clobbered the Cajuns on a Thursday night, 39 to 24, which uh, I didn't think Southern Miss even had that kind of offense. Is it, is it time that we take Southern Miss seriously?
0: For their sake, I'm going to say no,
1: because
0: <laughs> we, we've not taken them seriously to date and they've done just fine. So I'm kind of oh. fearful of of giving them a little bit of uh, South Alabama uh, mojo if if okay. we start trying to fall for them. So no, they're gonna f- they're gonna fail and uh, burst in the flames. The mustard so, buzzards for life. So maybe that's where the
1: the the, <laughs> the golden eagles need to fly beneath that radar. Just just keep under that level of of expectation, and just keep quietly winning games. Maybe that's where they're comfortable. I got to give it hand it to Will Hall though. He has really turned that program around. I also am a little bit worried for those Cajuns. Sure, they can beat the the Arkansas States and and the uh, Marshals of the world, but man, they they just don't seem to have it when the, the caliber of of play comes up just a little bit higher. So uh, I I feel like the Cajuns are cooked, but uh, they're still technically in the hunt. Yeah, two and three in the Sun Belt.
0: Here yeah, is a and- game that. And and, and the mustard buzzards, you know, last four games of the year, they have Georgia state. I think that they can get that win, especially with it being at the rock going to coastal 50, 50 shot, not knowing if you're going to get the, the, the shots that faced old dominion or the shots that do enough to get another dub as we talked about. Mm -hmm. Then I think what's going to become one of the bigger rivalry games of the Sunbelt West is going to be South Alabama and, and Southern Miss. Yeah. Then close it out at ULM. I, I think Southern Miss rebounds, gets a win, mm-hmm. gets to six, and mm-hmm. is going to the postseason somewhere or another.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. Southern Miss, congratulations to those guys. I mean, kind of dug themselves out of a grave, and now suddenly people are talking about it. Speaking of digging out of the grave, he like, is a team that digs themselves a grave, then digs out of the grave, then redigs the grave, and then claws back out again. Georgia State really looked pretty dominating against Old Dominion last week, going yeah, 31 to 17. Georgia State never really sweat the game. Granger didn't have a great day passing, but had 100 yards rushing and a touchdown. Uh, I I don't want to say this, but I'm gonna say it anyway because it's a podcast and we need content. Is George Georgia State are they are they are they have any are they are they gonna make some trouble in the Sunbelt East?
0: Well the bulk of their games that they have left, it, it, it's a split. They have two against the West, two against the East. Uh-huh. I can see them playing spoiler. For Marshall and keeping Marshall from getting that sixth win to close out the season, will they beat James Madison? In the grand scheme of games, that game doesn't matter because James Madison can't go to the postseason. Yeah, which state's probably going to lose that one on the road. So then you're looking at ULM, Southern Miss, and Marshall as kind of their last three games. I think that they, I think that they can uh, get those wins. But I think that big one is going to be that Marshall game where they spoil the, the season for the Thundering Herd.
1: Yeah, well, Marshall only wins games against top 25 opponents. So that's, that's going to be tough for Marshall.
0: I, Do I, don't want to
1: really, <laughs> I don't want to really talk about Appalachian State, Robert Morris. It, it went as you'd expect. I want to talk about Appalachian State a little more in depth when we talk about uh, Week 10. I will talk a little bit, though, about South Alabama and Arkansas State. Played in a monsoon, Tibbs. I was there. I mean, it rained from the opening minute to the very end. It was a wet, soggy, un it, it was un it, there was no enjoyment to be had if you're a Red Wolves fan for this game. 31 to 3, the final outcome. Arkansas State managed a field goal in the first quarter, didn't score the rest of the game. South Alabama got 162 yards and three touchdowns from Ladanian Webb, who turned, who, who turned that performance into a Sunbelt uh, Offensive Player of the Week. South Alabama looked pretty good. Arkansas State looked really bad.
0: But now I think South Alabama has one of their toughest games to date this week when they go to Georgia Southern because oh. the Eagles, especially in Paulson, they're, they're just about unstoppable. And then you throw Van Trees into the mix, and, and I could see the Eagles getting another win over the Jaggy wires.
1: Yeah, and, and, and South Alabama really needs that win if they want to keep up with Troy. Troy is almost on autopilot, just sort of pounding people in submission. They've, I, I don't want to say they've got the Sun Belt East in hand, but, man, South Alabama, after losing to Troy, really needs to find some way to even Troy's up the, in the West, though,
0: by the way, Jeremy.
1: Oh, did I say East? I'm the West. I do this a lot. I mean, yeah, maybe, I get a little.
0: I mean, if, if, if you win the conference, though, technically, you're the king of the East and the West, though, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's like you might be king of the North, but you're also the king of the whole world. So, yeah. And that's really the recap. I mean, unless you have something derogatory that you'd like to say about Arkansas State, you're welcome to do that because, uh uh i i i we we would deserve any criticism from dusty Thibodeau.
0: yeah i got nothing i mean when you're when one of your own media outlets can't even think of the name of their quarterback i i'm not gonna dogpile on it
1: <laughs> uh i hope one day to live that down
0: no i, hope I, I, will, I will, will let it live on for, for uh forever
1: yeah i'm okay with that that's fine Hey, right. you know what, we Is it ready? Are we ready for second and short?
0: I'm always ready for second short. All
1: right, you know the rules, Dusty. You know, uh, we we go through each game and of the upcoming week, and uh, we talk about for about two minutes, and then we go on to the next game. We try to keep it short because there have been some complaints. Dusty, I'm not going to say who's been making the complaints, because honestly, I don't know that Fun podcast can run a little bit long, and we're trying to condense, right? We're trying to make it easily digestible for the people. Are you with me?
0: One of the downsides of having open DMs.
1: (laughs) It is time for second and short. Are you ready to cross this goal line, Dusty?
0: Let's kick it off for Thursday.
1: Thursday, November 3rd. Uh, you know what, we just kind of start off with the premier game of the week, Appalachian State at Coastal Carolina, not on ESPN2, not on ESPNU, but on ESPN, the flagship uh, station in the ESPN universe.
0: That was or- definitely set before the season began.
1: <laughs> what well, do you think? I don't know. This is a great game. Dusty, tell me what you think when, you, when, when I say Appalachian State at Coastal.
0: I mean, the Mountaineers have won two straight. Grant you, one of them was this past week against Robert Morris. Poor guy. Uh, <laughs> it's in Conway. It's Till. It's Grayson McCall going up against Chase Bryce. What more could you want except for the fact that App State has laid some eggs this year? I think it's another shot's win. It's close, but I think it's another chance win.
1: So the Mountaineers are actually a three-point favorite. Which, which I found interesting. In fact, Vegas has picked a lot of visiting teams by like two or three points. But uh, one thing I, I, I feel about this game is that uh, that Appalachian State, if they don't win this game, they're out. And not only that, I think, I think it really puts most of the Sunbelt East out. Like everybody with with the with if Coastal Carolina ends up five and one after this game, I don't know if anybody can catch up with Coastal Carolina.
0: Not on the east side. I, I think this is definitely the de facto semifinal there on the eastern side. It it is what it is. You know the Mountaineers have their their backs against the wall. They got to win seven to be six uh, wins on the year. It's, it's a question of, of how bad do they want it, and do they want to keep digging for it?
1: What was the last time that you've seen the Mountaineers be cornered into a must-win game of the year that wasn't against the Cajuns?
0: I would, I would almost have to date back to their FCS days of, of going think, to the playoffs.
1: I think you're right. I, th- I, I, I don't recall. I don't feel like Appalachian State has been in this situation in a very long time. It will be interesting to see how Coach Sean Clark and Chase Bryce, if they really recognize the gravity of this situation, come into Conway, be all business. You're thinking Chanta clears, pull it out. I'm kind of leaning towards Appalachian State. I think it's going to be a great Thursday night game on ESPN. I can't wait to watch it. You know, so, Dusty, there's just a lot of games that are almost, they're all kind of pickups, right? This is one of those games. Marshall at Old Dominion, 1 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. A battle of Sunbelt newbies, the Thundering Herd, and the
0: Monarchs. What's your
1: initial impression?
0: Pick them is an understatement. I think that this is a game that, that, that's really tough to pick because we know that Marshall has all the right pieces if they're fully healthy. And yeah. Labrum has really come in and, and dominated the run game. More so that we even forget about Ali, the, who was yep. supposed to be Mr. Everything in the backfield. But I, I just like that Old Dominion Monarchs defense. I mean, they got a guy that's had like four games with 20 plus tackles.
1: <laughs> yeah. Crazy.
0: And, and then you throw in Wolf, you throw in Watson, you throw in Jennings. I think the Monarchs uh, handle business and, and, and get the win.
1: You know, I, I want to think the same thing for all the reasons that you've mentioned. I'm really, I was really surprised by how well Georgia State played against the Monarchs. You know, they ran that ball 50 times on the Monarchs and came up with 223 yards as a result. I mean, that is just grinding, pounding, in-your-face football that Georgia state put together against the Monarchs and it, it worked. I don't know. I, I, that's the thing about Marshall. They have a good run game, you know, they've got, you know, labor and 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 what have you, they can run the ball. I wonder if they see what Georgia state do, did and go, okay, that's how you beat the Monarchs. Uh, but I, I, I can't know for sure. If, you know, Vegas has, has the thundering herd at, at, at three points in this one. I, I think I, I go with Old Dominion because of the home, hometown atmosphere, but man, I would not be surprised, Dusty, if the Thundering Herd finds a way to win this game.
0: I just want to see Charlie Huff dance again.
1: <laughs> Hasn't had much reason to dance. You know, I, I, I think what they need to do is imagine a number next to the Monarch's name, and that would give them the motivation to win this game. I mean, if they can beat number 25 James Mass and number 8 Notre Dame they need to they need to play number I don't know 15 ODU and 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 find that will to win a very sneaky good game, game coming up at 2 p.m. on ESPN Plus Georgia State which is coming off that win against ODU versus Southern Miss who has won three straight including a uh, A pretty, pretty, I don't know, convincing win against Louisiana on a Thursday night. I, again, it's a pick 'em from Vegas. What's it for Dusty? Is it a pick 'em for Dusty?
0: As we said earlier, I, I, I like the mustard buzzards in this, but I just can't pick them for their own good. So, I'm going Georgia State and thinking yeah. that the record-setting rushing attack that Tucker Gregg had that put him mm. as the career leader rusher in Panther history with yeah. over 2,100 yards, he just racks up more in the win. Yeah. Nod, nod
1: you know tucker greg he's like one of those guys who, who seems to be have been in the league forever and he, he never seems to be a guy who like comes up with 150 yards it's always like 78 hard-nosed yards you know uh, uh congratulations by the way to tucker greg for becoming the the, uh, the uh, panthers all-time leader in rushing he deserves it uh you know southern miss they have those nasty bo- that nasty boys defense uh, which uh, you know, ODU's defense was a little bit different. ODU's defense is more like let's bend until the twenty, right? Well, Southern Miss is kind of like let's get after you, let's 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 be more physical up front, let's let's get some sacks, let's get some let's get some TFLs. Uh, and and for a while, I just didn't think Southern Miss had much of an offense until I saw what they did to the Cajuns. So maybe they found that too behind their freshman quarterback. It's at Southern Miss, so it's in Hatties- Hattiesburg. You can't discount that. But you know what, Dusty? I just feel like I- – I kind of feel like you. I feel like Georgia State is just the more mature team right now. I-, I think they come in to win this game. Although in Hellraiser, my exact words are, honestly, I have no pick here. I'm helpless.
0: It's always uh, bad to be helpless there, (laughs) Jeremy.
1: Two teams that are not helpless at all, Dusty Thibodeau. 3 p.m. ESPN Plus. South Alabama, which has uh, the nation's uh, 15th-ranked defense, goes up against Georgia Southern who has the number one ranked offense in the Sun Belt and the
0: 11th in the nation.
1: Dusty, how does this come out?
0: Depends. Does the Eagle get lost again?
1: Oh, you are jinxing that Eagle.
0: Well, it worked out for him last time. So, I mean, (laughs) if if that was the case, I'd have a guy out in the parking lot with a mouse or whatever those things (laughs) eat, you know, Uh baiting him to – Hooker right there, as Danny Reed said.
1: Yeah, that might be the play.
0: You know, oh. I mean, I, I love the Jags, but yeah. Vantreese Helton going for win number six on the season in order to get the bowl eligibility. Eagles are going to get the win.
1: I, I'm i kind of with you on this. I really believe what Clay Helton has Accomplished here has been nothing short than a f- college football miracle, and he has become like, like I don't know, passing offense Jesus out there in Statesboro. It's incredible in that we both like kane Womack, and we know kane has been doing a great job in South Alabama.
0: The governor He's ball eligible, so for the league, we need another team.
1: Oh, definitely. But man, that is going to be a great, great matchup of good defense versus great offense and that yeah, Kyle Van Trees you know what Georgia Southern they took took some time off last week they got well they got healthy South Alabama practically took some time off <laughs> playing against Arkansas State fine tuning it's going to be a really good game between these two uh, I, I, Jaguars are favored by four in this game again it's once again it's a, the visiting team Coming in with the Vegas advantage, but I'm with you. I think uh, you know, even, even though Carter Bradley and Jalen Wayne have this remarkable chemistry, and they got Damian Webb at South Alabama running so well right now, I, I just can't. I, I just can't bet against Van Trees in Statesboro. I, I think I'm going to go with Georgia
0: Southern too. Sipping out of the ditch.
1: To me, this is the only game. Thibodeau this next game coming up what it's that's not a pick at least uh within the conference it's not a pick Troy at Louisiana 4 p.m. on ESPN plus Troy favored the win six points even though they're at Louisiana where we know that Cajun field is a very tough place to play still Troy looks more complete than any other team in the Sun Belt West what do you think Dusty
0: we spoke earlier about records there with Tucker Gregg at Georgia State. Damn. Ben Woolridge doing <laughs> it again. Ninth yeah. most passing yards in program history with a 370 mark. I like the Cajuns. I, I, I feel like that they have found themselves again, and they are rolling on. I'm sorry, Coach Someone, But I, I, I like the home homestanding Cajuns.
1: Even though they got just busted by southern miss, you're like the Cajuns are still dangerous,
0: Cajuns are still dangerous, especially at home.
1: Mm, could be, I don't know. I feel like John Summerall, I I, I think he's got this team in a professional stage of uh, a, a professional state of mind. I feel like they can go to any uh. Uh, any field they went they went they went to Boone and should have won that game for instance you know they went to South Alabama and they won that game I don't know if they're going to be intimidated about being a Lafayette I, I you know it's six points for Troy if I'm gambling I I, I think I picked that but I I also think I think Troy wins this outright so this is where you and I Dusky, we're going to disagree this is going to be our big disagreement game We'll be looking to see who's the real conference insider by the result of this game. Although oh, no, you're right about Ben Woodridge. the guy knows how to throw the ball, slanging But maybe, maybe is it just because the Warhawks beat the Cajuns, and you want the Cajuns to be a little bit better than they really are?
0: No, I, I, I really <laughs> do. I, I think that the Cajuns have have uh, found themselves. I, I think that they. they got kind of hung up on that winning streak whenever it mm-hmm. went down. They, yeah. they didn't know what their direction was, what they were supposed to be doing, but they have since uh, rebounded and, and now just rolling on.
1: Uh, all right. This game is probably going to be really tough for you, Dusty, because it, it, it's between two teams that are near and dear to your heart. One is your your beloved Warhawks. The other is sort of your adopted Texas school, Texas State. 4 p.m., ESPN 3. Somebody's coming out of Malone Stadium with two conference victories. Who do you think it's going to be?
0: Or they just keep playing forever and ever. <laughs> Look, that would uh, be great. <laughs> it's no secret. The Warhawks are, are amazing at home. Texas State, desperate for a win. Lane Hatcher, got. Got the win last year in Malone Stadium. He knows how to win. Lincoln Pair was there as well. Yeah, oh, yeah. Several Warhawks have already started hitting the portal. I think that the Warhawks are, are starting to kind of roll over on the season. Ooh. I think the Bobcats go in and, and sneak away with a with a dub.
1: You know, when I was first doing my write-up, I was ready to pick Texas State. And then I kind of noticed what Texas State has been doing the last few games. They can't seem to score points. They've scored 14 points the last two games, while the defense has done pretty well. The defense has held opponents to 20 or or less in these losses, and for whatever reason, the Bobcats cannot muster enough offense to close out these victories. And one thing that ULM, in my opinion – you can correct me if I'm wrong on this. It doesn't feel like the Warhawks struggle that badly with scoring points. And then when you think about them being at Malone, where, yeah, it's very tough to play, and Texas State being a team that doesn't really play that well on the road, the Warhawks are favored by one point, the ultimate pick That isn't an actual pick from Vegas. I, I, I think I am going with the Warhawks. I convinced myself Midway through my own review, that it was the Warhawks who were going to win this game.
0: I, I can only hope, pray, that
1: you're <laughs> I guess we'll see. I think, I think both teams, it, they, they have issues. Both teams have issues. I think ULM has a really good front defensive line. I think they're going to prevent uh, Texas State from scoring like they haven't been able to score the last few games. I see UL, ULM coming out with a dub on this. Keeping their postseason hopes alive, at least for another week. Last game on the docket. This is like my upset of the week, Dusty. I, every time I look at this, it, it just gets better and better. James Madison at Louisville. 630 on ESPNU. Jimmy Mads, yes, they've lost two games and their top 25 rankings before heading into a bye. But damn, you got to think Coach Signetti is going to be all business. I mean, he's already closed the practice to the reporters. And if he can get uh, their quarterback, oh, whose name suddenly escapes me.
0: Todd Santeo?
1: Yes, Todd Santeo. Thank you. If they can get him back. You know, they've got the bye. Let's hope that he's healthy. I just feel like this is an upset win for James Madison and they get back back on the horse. What do you think? What do you think about my analysis for this?
0: I I like James Madison, but with Centeo having been out, mm-hmm. them having dropped, is it two straight games? Yeah, I think the real UL rolls in this one, and <laughs> and James Madison is snapped back into. The reality of P5 VG5.
1: Was that a little bit of passive aggression that I heard from you calling
0: Louisville the real UL? I I I have never done such thing. <laughs> oh.
1: Yeah, I you know what, we were talking to our good friend Shane Metlin. We were wondering, does Todd Senteo Centio? Santeo. does he come back and if he comes back is that the is that the domino that causes this upset i i I think it does i guess we'll see i don't know i'm gonna be honest with you dusty i don't know much about the Cardinals. are i have they played well this this season are they are they are they doing good do you know
0: yeah, they they're they're doing okay in the mm-hmm. ACC. Are they contenders? No, but they do still have a upcoming game against Clemson that Ooh. could put them into the ACC championship game if all the cards fall into place.
1: Oh, I, I get what you did there. So it's it's still Scott Satterfield, right? That's that's coaching Louisville. Is that right? State head coach.
0: That is correct. Uh,
1: former Sun Belt legend coach scott Satterfield, who led appalachian state to so many championships hasn't quite done the same with the cardinals but i, I guess we'll say i think first of all i think it's just a good game to have at 6 30 on espnu on third or enough on a saturday night i think it's going to be a good game for the sunbelt it'll be a really good game if james masson can shake off this losing bug and come up with a victory and that's it that's it dusty we have finished Second and short. We have crossed the goal line. We have we have delivered the touchdown. You are spiking the ball. We have like a fancy handshake. Second and short is complete. Week 10 is in the books. And all we have to do is collect the cash from our, our respective bookies.
0: Did you say boogie?
1: <laughs> no, I, no, I did. But I, I could have. Yeah, boogie night. Let's hope that he gets on the – let's hope he puts on his boogie shoes against Texas State, am I right?
0: Yeah. Time for uh, plugs, promos, and parting shots on that note. Oh, okay. Oh, should I
1: go first since you kind of introduced it? Please do. All right. Well, all right. So it's a bye week for Arkansas State football, but Arkansas State basketball – is coming up led by coach Bellato. He's got about seven new faces on the team, uh, made necessary because, uh, superstar forward Norchad Chad O'Meara bounced from Arkansas state to Miami. So he, that's a pretty tough production to fill. So there will be a, a, a red wolves basketball preview coming up in Howlraiser, either tomorrow or the next day. I hope to get in before the, the, uh, we call it, the exhibition game with Voorhees tomorrow night. Uh, my parting shot is the college football playoff committee has delivered its first top 25. Not surprising. No Sunbelt in there, which just kind of chaps me a little bit, though. I mean, the Sunbelt really has been the strongest, in my opinion, the strongest of the group of five conferences. But the committee still sort of old-fashioned, still just kind of looking at the American as the place to go to dig up group of five teams to put into the top 25. They picked Tulane and UCF. Tulane, as we all know, got beat by Southern Miss. So, so I, I don't know. I don't know if, if Tulane really deserves to be there when there's so many great Sunbelt teams that, in my opinion, belongs in the top 25. I'm biased, I realize it, but I'm still a little peeved. Back to you, Dusty Thibodeau.
0: Next week's election day. Make sure you get oh. out to vote. Make sure you. It's too late to register, so make sure if you are registered, you get out to vote.
1: Okay. I will be doing that.
0: And then, after that, make sure you follow us on Twitter, Fun Belt PC, mm-hmm. Warhawk underscore Report. A-state I vote for that. Fan rolls. Yeah. uh-huh search for Shane Metlin because I don't remember his Twitter account
1: <laughs> you know what just type in Shane Metlin in the uh, in the in the uh, magnifying box and you'll find Shane
0: and hopefully we can find him for next week
1: it would be good to dig him up because he really does give us I don't know an air of legitimacy because he works for a newspaper unlike you and I who are just sort of blog scribes and message board guys you know it's good to have a guy from the legitimate press be here and sort of correct us when we go astray
0: yeah but we always go astray so we definitely bring the show down
1: (laughs) there's no no helping that no no magic potion to increase the quality of fun belt podcast that's too bad